The Conspiracy Podcast contains adult language, suggestive themes, sexual situations, and discussions of some pretty horrific events. Basically, all the good stuff. Thanks for listening. you need to believe in is what you can see. If you see me as your friend, I'll be your friend. As you see me as your father, I'll be your father. For those of you that don't have a father, if you see me as your savior, I will be your savior. If you see me as your God, I will be your God. Jim Jones, 1977. Welcome to Welcome back to Conspiracy, the podcast where we discuss conspiracy theories, true crime, paranormal, but most frequently, apparently, cults. Hi, it's me, one of your podcast hosts, Liz. And I'm Renee. I'm also one of your podcast hosts. And I'm Casp. Edder. Edder. And today we also have a special guest, my husband, Sean. Hello. I do the intro music. And he yes. does. He does. I don't think we've actually ever like specifically said it, but Katie's husband actually does our intro and outro music. Yes, he, cool. It is really great. It is really great. We only ever talk about your sex life. That's true. true. <laughs> we don't talk about what other things you do. Well, I appreciate it. I'm excited Sorry. to be a part of this. See. <laughs> Well, I'm personally excited for the people to know more about Sean and his penis. <laughs> Listen here. That would be pretty cool. Like, I know more about you, but and I my know mom more about you. That's <laughs> oh, my God. It's not like I sit here and talk about the size, the length, the girth. Oh, oh she's man. getting sweaty. <laughs> Katie's fanning herself oh, right geez. now. <laughs> this was a mistake. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, we're glad you're all back if you haven't just turned it off because this is not a softcore <laughs> porn cast. Sorry. Yes, and no. also Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. They do it on Doug. Doug is. Do they? Yeah, between oh, scenes. Oh, it's different. Yeah. It's yep. different. But they what change it every time. Yeah, what she's doing is uh, from Ferris, Ferris Bueller. Boom, boom. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's oh, it was. Uh, I watched it the other day. Yeah, I have like that exact outfit that he wears, like the dad jeans with the cheetah vest and the white t-shirt. I wear it to work all the time. That is amazing. It's, I love it's that. Ferris fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Ferris Bueller. Oh, I love the movie. Mm. I just because you are Ferris Bueller. Is so he, he not? Looks like Patrick. Yeah. Is his name Patrick? Bo- what is his name? Matthew Broderick? <laughs> Patrick? I was about to call him Patrick Broderick. <laughs> Patrick Broadway? Patrick Star. 
gosh. He's on Broadway. Hello, no, this is Patrick. <laughs> no, this is Patrick. I really don't like her marriage. I don't even know his name. When the principal calls the <laughs> house, he's like, is this, this Ferris? No, no, this, this is, is Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Listen>. God. Okay. <laughs> so, so what else did you guys do in the past two weeks? Because it's no. been two weeks, unfortunately, no. but it's fine. Well, we did for a little bit. Oh, yeah, we did the Instagram Live. Which I hope you guys watched. If not, it's it's too late. But, yeah. you know, we'll be doing more of them in the future so you have more chances to not disappoint us. Yeah, you missed it. We talked about chicken nuggets, goat mm-hmm. sacrifices, and I spilled 16 ounces of tea on a really nice antique table. <laughs> that was real wood. Yeah. <laughs> she pointed them out. <laughs> but we did it live at Just at Honey, and they were very cool about it. They're probably not our sponsors anymore because I, I have He's to pay for that table. <laughs> please, please use code just add honey to really? contribute to the oh, the so fund sad. to repair the table that Liz spilled tea on. Yeah. yeah so sorry. use code conspiracy at just add honey dot net to save fifteen percent off and also can... my shopping habits. Also, yes. <laughs> I found the Lion King. Oh yeah, <clears throat> it was really good. There's a lady in front of me that recorded the entire thing on her cell phone. Ooh, Holy shit. All right. It was wild. How does she that have the battery life for that? This weekend. It was a really good movie. I went in with really low expectations because I'm obsessed with Disney, but I'm also obsessed with Childish Gambino and Beyonce, so like I knew I was going to love it. Oh, who, did Don- who was Donald Glover? Simba. Simba. Oh. Adult Simba. Simba. The only one I know is Beyonce and James Earl Jones. And Seth, and Seth Rogen, Rogen is Pumbaa. Oh, yeah. And Billy yeah, Eichner yeah, yeah. is Timon. Yes. Okay, well, that's good so casting. And the it. guy from Key and Peele that's not the famous director is one of the hyenas. And um, 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 Eric Andre is another one of the hyenas. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, so much, really, but I probably want to see it. Was it was very, very good, and they actually didn't take out anything that I would have been sad about. So. <laughs> that's just so weird. I don't know how I feel about all the live action ones. Like, I hated already, the Jungle like, Book. Good. I didn't like Aladdin, but I really like this one. Yeah. I feel like Lion King would be good, but yeah, like the Jungle Book and Aladdin, those two. And then I'm excited for Little Mermaid. I saw the Mulan trailer Wait, and I they're almost doing little... peed from my pants. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, because uh, there was an uproar. Yeah, how, d- how dare you make a fictional fantasy creature someone not white? You mean the fish? <laughs> the <Isn't> fish? <laughs> a Caucasian? I'm Why pissed. isn't the fish Caucasian? <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> Boycott. <laughs> All I know is I'm excited to see Lion King. I've listened to the soundtrack on repeat. I say it's for my children, but I'm really listening to it for myself. You like it? I may or may not be listening to it to and from work. It's fine. The new one? Yes. Do you like the... I love the Beyonce stuff. I love the soundtrack. Yeah. It seems more traditional now. And not mm-hmm. so like Elton Johnny in Africa. Oh, yeah. It just sounds like the first one just sounds like Elton John on a safari with his husband. I'm sorry. We're gonna cut this. I'd one be out. there. No. no. Was that the share adaptation? <laughs> Can you feel? Oh my God. Do you believe in love the Sahara? Dude, did you know that was the first song to use auto tune? Huh? Yeah, "Believe" by Share was the first song to use auto tune. That's not her voice. Well, it is her voice, but it's like auto tune. I hate the video. I hate that song. <gasps> Get out! Well, it's just me and Renee now. Katie's been fired. Katie's been kicked out. I'm not a big fan of Cher anymore. Um, Like, she's my kooky aunt. 
No, it's because of everything well, that happened with uh, Chaz Bono and all true, that. And how true, she was kind of like, I don't, eh, no. Yeah, She true. didn't accept Chaz oh, like, yeah. for a long time. I don't Is even, that I her think daughter? Son. It's her son now. Son, yeah, yeah. Even now, late. she still has like, like really? she she says she's like accepted and like they have a relationship now but mm-hmm. yeah, I think she's just doing that because people ended up hating her because she was like she just wanted you. to be a mama yeah, me too probably that's all it was I didn't see that yet did you see it it's on Hulu to okay. oh, to mama to Mia mama Mia Tokyo Drift <laughs> it's so good it's uh, so good it's so mm. good also this week my house almost got broken into. What? Because I came home on someone trying to walk into my house. What? Yeah. So one night this week, my patio fence was left all the way open, and I could tell someone had been in my kiddie pool. Okay. <laughs> That's first This off. is not how I'm I put my crystals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I feel better now. Kind of. <laughs> and then... It was hot. <clears throat> the next day, my car got broken into, like... It was unlocked because I just know how it is where I live, so I just leave my car unlocked because I'd rather have right. a sweater stolen than pay for a window. True. So, but they stole my 3DS from my glove box and all my Pokemon games. That's worse than a what? sweater. I know. I would rather pay for a new window. Obviously, I, it was a kid. Was it though? Yeah. I'm teenager. I'm 25 and I play Pokemon Moon every day. But you would not steal those games true, from true, somebody. True. But that's but mostly then, because you're a good person. Well, people aren't very smart, and they would also be like, "Ooh, I can make some money off this." And yeah, they don't, don't realize like, they're 50 bucks on right. Amazon. <laughs> yeah. But and then the next day, um, Richard was already home, and so I didn't. I mean, I just like came home, and the motion light was on, and this motion light is really old. Like I have to like walk up to it and be like. And like wave my arms around to get it to turn on so I can see my house keys. Yeah. But it was already on. So I was like, maybe Richard just got home, but I knew that wasn't true. So I pulled into my like carport Mm -hmm. and there was a man with his hand on my door. And I honked my horn. I just like laid on the horn for a really long time and he ran away. I called Richard and he came outside and walked me inside. And then the next day we were like, hello, simply safe. (laughs) <laughs> can i have you hello can i have one of you Holy hello shit. nest can... listen here you little motherfucker trying to break into her house i know i'm gonna get you <laughs> see kat and i have simply safe but we mostly use it to like spy on our dogs well i'm definitely gonna use it to spy on the kittens but <laughs> we don't have anything really like we have like cars and like a tv oh but yeah we don't have anything like but they crazy. don't know that until they get in there and then yeah it's creepy and my babies. house, as you guys know, is like all windows, mm-hmm. all windows and porch doors. We have like but five did you porches. Say you couldn't see from the outside. Yeah, but they can still break the window. True. So we're gonna have to get like motion sensors on mm-hmm. every single porch. Oh, you know, I'm glad we have something because the other day I apparently just like straight up forgot to to lock the door or close it all the way. <laughs> All day. Yes. Yes. Kat and I came home and it was one of those days where like, because her commute sucks a little more than mine. So even if she leaves work like 15 minutes before me, uh, we usually get home around the same time. And uh, not that we live that far outside the city. Um, But anyways, so we came home and Kat was just like playfully honking her horn at me. And then Zelda just like runs outside. And we were like, um, Mm -hmm. what? Oopsies. Yeah, so I waited outside and Kat went in and like got her gun and was like searching the house to make sure that nobody had broken in. Yeah. yeah, so no, it was just me being a dummy. Was she really mad at you? 
a little bit, but she got over it real quick because yeah. it was like the adrenaline was down and I was like, I'm sorry. It was trash day. It was trash day. I was like, I'm sorry. I was going to lock it. But then I remembered I have to pull the trash cans up. So. Yeah. Marital problems. Yeah. I know. It's mostly just me being dumb. Did you do anything exciting this week besides forget to unlock your door and watch somebody try to break in? Well, I am constantly forgetting to lock the door. And Thank you. <laughs> no, but I haven't seen anyone try to break in. I cut my finger in half at work. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. How was it doing? And then I, doing? I put super glue on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it worked. That's the most somehow. white male thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, yeah. And then I played records at a moon party. Oh my oh, god! Yeah, yeah all my, a lot of my friends went to that. Oh yeah, Sean is also it a was DJ. Really awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. My studio is completely uninhabitable. Wait, what happened to your studio? It's I'm just very messy right now. <gasps> oh, <laughs> that's fair. My office is basically uninhabitable. I'm scared to even look in there sometimes. <laughs> that's me with my shoe closet. Her <laughs> shoe closet. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's, that's me with my walk-in closet. Faces. Like, Kat doesn't even go in it. She's like, I don't have any clothes, but I have shoes. Do you Who? remember that, that um, YouTube video? Shiz. Shiz. Oh, we did the same time. Oh, my God. <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Let's get some shoes. These shoes rule. Um, I think these are too small. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Wait, didn't you guys get a dog today? That's exciting. Oh, oh we're in the We're testing him out. Yes. So he's at your house? Not, Not right now. Okay. He's been a couple hours. Visit. Yeah. Oh, how so did it go? He's extremely skittish and oh, is attached so to. Skittish. He's just attached to my mom. Yeah. But, and sometime this week, and hopefully he'll like adjust and actually really like us. Okay. Because I really want a doggy. Mm-hmm. Does your mom know that it's a trial run? I uh, hope so. That was my only question for Karen. <laughs> she does make decisions for I know. Yeah. Me. Uh, she's great. No, I'll let, yeah, she's, she'll, she'll know. Okay. okay. And, I mean, I think part of her is also, like, kind of sad, too, but... Mm. I'm just afraid if we take this animal from her, she's going to somehow go get another one. No, 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 no. That's what my mom would do. Because she keeps doing that. If yeah. she did, it would be a smaller dog. She just... she Because he's, he's bigger than what she has. Like, she has, like, a... Shih Tzu, is that what it is? That little tiny, a demon dog is what I call her. Oh, Shih Tzu. Little little dogs are so annoying. They're always the worst. There's there's a picture on my mom's phone that I sent him that like has both of the dogs, like the dog that we are going to get and then the demon dog in the background. And the dog that we're going to get is like really sweet and just laying there. And then her demon dog, her eyes are like glowing in the background. (laughs) She's (laughs) so nice though. She just looks like a gremlin. I'm just, I'm very mad because when we had to keep her for a few days while my mom was Sadie gone, is her name. She, <laughs> yes, she was so excited at her house that she kept peeing inside the house. And that oh, oh no, that doesn't work for me. Does your mom want a pug? A blind pug? Yeah. <laughs> no one wants Jackson. <laughs> no, I did. because we had a blind, deaf, like, dumb, uh, Dachshund for like very good at pinball, but though. he was so cute. His name was what the hell was his name? I forgot. I had it, we had him for like 20 years. We need dogs are my all time favorite. I wasn't dogs. there then. Roscoe, his name was Roscoe. Roscoe. Oh my god, that's yeah. a good he name. He was so cute, awesome dog. I visited and then his he grave. got really, really. I did have a dream last night that um, the Grim Reaper 
<clears throat> pointed at Jackson and admit he only Stop. had one day to live. Are you being serious? Yeah. <gasps> I, and like I called out of work because I was like, I have to spend the day with Jackson. It's his last day on earth. Shut and up. so I was Is he like, still alive? Yes. He's still as of right now. Yes. <laughs> um. But There's yeah, like I called. I I say he only has like maybe potentially five and a half hours. Um. But I called out of work because I was like, <laughs> oh. I either I can't bring him with me because he'll pee everywhere because he's a terrible pug. So I'll call out of work and I uh, spent the day with him, took him on car trips Bitch, and shit. If you call out of work tomorrow because your dog died, I'm gonna need you to just like. <laughs> what if you have a dream? Oh wait. What if you have a dream tonight and somebody, the Grim Reaper visits you again, but then they pull the mask off and they're like, and it's Katie. "Gotcha, bitch." <laughs> it's me. It probably would be and Katie. it's Katie's face. Speaking of Katie, you're still alive. Mm. <laughs> That's Don't true. Jinx it. <laughs> oh, did you guys discuss this on the I last? I have this no, but I was texting them on V the Day. Yes, I have this weird fear that I was gonna die three months before my birthday, just because two other females in my family have died three months before their birthdays. You mean it their twenty ninth birthday? Yes, their twenty ninth specifically. Birthday, sorry. And it doesn't help that my mother, after my sister turned 29, she's like, well, Katie, she survived. You're next. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> oh my God. But you're still alive. I was the alive. same when I was six. You made it. It's fine, yeah. I'm still here. My uncle, Sean, who I'm named after, uh, died of leukemia when he was six. So when I was five, I was terrified to turn six years old. Oh, my gosh, I bet. And I'm still six years old. <laughs> Katie is a pedophile. We knew it. Yeah. I mean, we knew it. Oh, we, knew it. we knew it. Ooh, mm, yeah. No. A six-year-old with a three-year-old. Stop. That's weird. <laughs> I'm freaked out. Speaking of, but not at all, I bought a tiny microphone this morning. For what? For what? It plugs into your phone, and it's like this way. <laughs> <laughs> for what? <laughs> I don't understand what that's for. So I can go up to my cat and be like, so-so. How do you feel about that kibble? How do you feel about the situation in Iran, so-so? Yeah. Also, I saw someone walking around to people on the street in Chicago, and they were like, how do you feel about Bernie? I can't. How do you feel about Bernie Sanders? And it was just the tiniest <laughs> microphone. <laughs> and it works so well. I couldn't stop laughing, and it's $3 on Amazon, so I bought one in rose gold. Of wow. course. Did you see my phone? Is, is <laughs> oh, yes. It was a, some weird Asian company. Tell the tiny, tiny microphone company to sponsor us. Do you think they use tiny microphones for tiny desk concerts? They better they now. They do not. Because I've watched them. We're putting you but on the should. spot. NPR. I don't know why it's called tiny desk concert. It's a pretty small desk. Is it? Okay. <laughs> I mean, but I envision like a tiny, tiny desk. It's a tiny mic. Tiny desk. And a tiny, tiny dancer. Oh, so I had a conversation with Kat today because um, I realized recently um, his name. Hold on, I have to look up his fucking name. No, I want to say his name is Dave Barry, but it's not Dave Barry. It's not Dave Barry. Who's a Dave Barry? He's an old man comedian. Dave Foley. Dave Foley. I had a weird I had a weird crush as a child. As a child, I used to watch a lot of kids in the hall because I was homeschooled and it came on during the day on Comedy Central. You were and homeschooled? I was, yes. Like until like your senior year? Like seventh grade onwards. Why? Because I wanted to be. No other reason? Yeah, like I went to middle school for one year and I was like, this blows. Homeschool me, mama. Yeah. 
Mama. <laughs> Homeschool me, mama. So you were Johnny Bravo? No wonder you didn't want to go to school. Yeah, that's probably ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. Nobody nobody understood me. Um, Dave yes. Foley looks like Tim Heidecker. Uh, yes. But I, uh, Dave Foley and drag. <laughs> Tim Weird Curry crush. and drag. Yes. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's mm-hmm. yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Tim Curry, I watched the uh, original version of It. Yes. Because I'm obsessed with it right now because of the trailer that came out for Comic-Con. It's so going to be so long. I made Cat watch uh, part one with me again. And uh, it was still great. And then... Uh, huh? Terrifying. Not as terrifying yeah, as the, the Terrifier. Part one, like the new part one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Didn't, this was back when I was... I used to drink a lot. Um... <laughs> Didn't I sneak, like, mini wine bottles in? Yes, because we you were mad it? that I didn't go see it with you because you yeah. were going to do that. When we went and saw it. That's smart. We got drunk. We, we had margaritas before. Oh, uh, yes, then, you insisted. And then we and I knew got mini wine bottles. not going to last. Did I pass out? You fall asleep like an old person a lot <laughs> in the theater. Yeah. Well, uh, especially not if anymore. Well, if I was drinking. Well, yes, once again, I'm seven months sober, so. Woo! <laughs> Congratulations. Woo-hoo! very proud of you i am very proud of you too that is awesome well i guess we should probably talk about this tea oh oh the kool-aid talking about the kool-aid we're sipping on this week so this week we are um drinking red raspberry leaf tea um you know obviously i think you can figure out why it's um, oh wait well if they if they didn't well i guess the intro gave it away. I was going to say, if they didn't watch our live show, they might not know what this episode is about. Oh, well. But they should. You know. We are talking about the, um... <laughs> so sorry. We are talking about the, uh... I don't even know what to, how, how to s- describe him, but Jim Jones and the People's Temple. Demagogue Reverend Jim yes, Jones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's man. Classic narcissist Jim Jones. The crazy-ass motherfucker. The yes. Elvis the Presley Elvis. of cults. Exactly. Oh my god. Yes. That was so weird that we same. both just did that. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. Oh my god. Is it because he looks like Elvis? No, it's because he stole from black people and made work his own. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sure. True. So we're um, sipping on some Kool-Aid. Sort of. Without the cyanide. Without. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I did bring the picture down here, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think one of the main things people know about Jonestown is the whole Kool-Aid thing. And I would like to go ahead and do my, my as an Earth sign, I have to do this. And I'm only going to do it once, and I promise I won't be a dick the entire podcast. But actually, actually, what they drank was Flavor-Aid. True. Not Kool-Aid. Right. So... But they only said it was Kool-Aid because that would catch more attention than saying Flavor-Aid. Mm-hmm. Like, that's this, mm. that's why they did it. Yeah. But it was actually Flavor-Aid. So if you want to be the asshole was at parties... it because it was discounted? Yeah, they, probably. Couldn't, they couldn't afford Kool-Aid. I would bet because they well, couldn't afford they to feed their people. Well, they have name brand Kool-Aid in Guyana? They probably they were, not. They could have gotten it from the United States. How True. much was the Flavor-Aid for all the people that would you... It was like make an estimate. It was like forty six cents a packet, and Kool Aid was like eighty nine cents a packet. So I have no idea. I'm literally making that up. Money was spent um, on the poison for nine hundred people. Oh, the poison that they—it was like. Uh, it was from his jeweler's license. It was eighteen hundred uh, lethal doses of cyanide, and mm-hmm. then he spent eight dollars and eighty five cents mm-hmm. on it. On <laughs> all of it. 
That's insane. And apparently... What a cheap oh, way for a massacre. He had no money, so I mean, no? why not? Well, because he, he spent it all on amphetamines. Right. And his queen bed when everyone else was sleeping in bunk beds. Right. I mean, what a coupon queen, honestly. I'm. He should be... What is it? Extreme couponing? Yeah. Coupon? Guys, grocery games? Coupons. <laughs> <laughs> but we are getting way ahead of ourselves. I think we should start because... There's a lot more to Jim Jones than just leading over 900 people to their death, which, exactly. by the way, is the was the largest um, American civilian casualty until 9-11. So crazy. Yeah, I know. Over 900 people, over 600 of which were um, did it themselves. And then the other 300 were, you know, injected. Injected. Or shot. So or shot, shot, yes. Yeah. At least five people were shot, including Jim Jones himself. Because so. he was too much of a pussy. Yep. Mm-hmm. To take his own take cyanide. His while he's sitting there preaching to everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, well, let's get right. into it. Yeah, Katie, where did you want to start? <laughs> um, I guess I could kind of give a little background on, on Jim. On Jimbo? Um, Jimbo. A, a Jimba? A Jimba. 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 That's that what his mom called his him. from his mom. Yep. But um, Jim was born James Warren Jones on May 13, 1931, to father James Thurman Jones and mother Lynetta Putnam Jones in but Indiana. She, she changed her name. Oh, yeah, Indiana. Lynetta is Liz. not even her real name. Liz, explain. How did this happen in Indiana? <laughs> they were probably bored as hell. That's, that's, I mean, seriously. Um, yeah, no, I don't if live you want to anymore. kind of get a little bit of a backstory of how Jim Jones was crazy, I mean, his mom was a Nuts. little bit of a crazy lady. Like, yes. And they were dirt poor yeah. as well, which didn't add to... Uh, no, because he, yeah. he they weren't able to do the things that other families in the, in the town that they were living in mm-hmm. could do. But his mom, her real name was not even Lynetta. Mm-hmm. Like, she was born no. Lynette and then changed it to Lynetta. Um, even when you asked her what year she was born, she would give different dates. The place she was born, different mm-hmm. dates, or different, like, names. Mm-hmm. Everything about her life, like, I don't even know if anybody has any real idea of who she is, where she came from. And she had, like, uh, I remember she had a weird dream where she was being crucified, but then before she could die, her mother came and told her that her life wasn't done yet because she still had to give birth to a great man. Mm-hmm. Or at least, like, that's what she told people. Well, yeah, she, um, she, she wasn't the best mother either to Jim. No. She basically left him to fend for himself at a very young age. And it was insane because, like, his whole childhood, she's, like, telling him, you're going to be a great man, you're going to be a great man. But she didn't want to actually, like, help that happen. Well, put put on the effort. Yeah, she just wanted it to naturally happen. She, she didn't want to um, do anything to help him along. She was just like, go be a great man because you're supposed to be. I think that speaks to his ways of communication and, mm-hmm. and planning when it came to his congregation and and his settlement. But that's that's a foreboding. Oh, his whole childhood yeah, is sure. a foreboding. Well, like two lessons that like he really remembered from what his mom taught him were there was always some them out to get you. Mm-hmm. And reality was whatever you believed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he kind of, you know, grew up thinking in that way even though mm-hmm. he didn't have a close relationship with his mother and he sure as hell didn't have a close relationship no, with his, his father dad because was just like... his dad was a drunk 
His dad but, would go to like the pool hall. But hall like a not out. drunk. He was a not drunk because they, they were living in a dry state. That's true, but the pool hall he went to, they could he could get alcohol. Oh, really? Yeah. I that's where he would spend his days because uh, he was a disabled okay. veteran. Yep. Who yes. Whereabouts is this in in, in time? Lynn, Indiana, and this is in the 1930s and 19. Uh, yeah. Is this during prohibition or this after? was after prohibition. after prohibition? So like after prohibition, they were like, sure, alcohol is legal, but we gotta keep it. Sober for Jesus. Right, yeah, yeah. So, Depending welcome on the to county. Indiana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't have anything. Women's rights? No. no. Alcohol? No. Never. <laughs> um, so, even though, like, Jim kind of fended for himself, he wasn't like the other boys in town. He wouldn't, like, fight. He's he wouldn't fucking play. weird. He would cry a lot. He would cuss a lot. The same, like, his mom was not like all the women in town. Like, mm-hmm. she smoked. She worked more than any woman would work. She didn't take him to church, which was, like, a big, like... <gasps> oh, yes, and... You're not taking him to church every Sunday? Yes, that was a big thing that their family didn't go to church because yeah. it was such a small town. And she had to work because her husband literally didn't. He spent all of his time playing cards. So she kind of uh, bolstered the outcast... Mm-hmm. Mentality yes, and she wore pants. At an early age. Oh yeah, she did everything like the opposite of what a woman at the time. Well, that's pretty yeah. badass. Yeah, she's kind of like she has that weird dichotomy because it's like she wore pants, she worked, and like was the breadwinner for the family, and she swore a lot, which in 1930s terms means she probably just said "Oh damn hell" right. one too many times. So like on the one hand, you're like, oh, okay, well Lunette is kind of a cool figure, but then like like you said. She was she was really like not even fake it till you make it, but fake it until people believe you've made it. Right. Like right. she would rather Yeah, she would rather tell people how great and wonderful and amazing her and her son were than actually do anything to like be but great or amazing. She had a lot of regrets of them living in Lynn because the only reason they even lived in Lynn was because of um her husband's family mm-hmm. helped basically get the house that they were in. So the house that they were living in was not she they didn't even pay for it so she always had oh, like, yeah. regrets of like and like felt like she and that aspect she didn't like the handouts that she was getting from mm-hmm. them so that's why that's another reason why she worked so much because she was like i want to do things on my own but then she also didn't like the fact that they kind of judged her as a mother but she kind of sucked as a mother so <laughs> it's like, what but, do you want <laughs> i mean like she definitely like you she definitely married like big jim because of his parents money right because like, I mean, oh, he came sure. from a very wealthy family. Worked so much to kind of get away from the responsibility oh, yeah, of motherhood. Right. Oh, no, oh yeah, did. she definitely did. Yeah, and um, other women in town saw that, and of course, like I said, him not going to church caught the eye of other women in town. Would like take Jim and little Jimmy in, and like, and one woman in particular, uh, Myrtle Kennedy, um, she really took to Jim, and she act- Myrtle Kennedy was a woman in town who she didn't have any kids of her own so she kind of took jim under her wing and she was very upset at the fact that lynetta was not taking him to church so she took him to her church which was the nazarene church um, because her husband was the pastor there and nazarenes are weird yeah so wild yeah she was she was and she was doing a big no-no like other people would like kind of keep to themselves with their like religions and what they believed Mm -hmm. in she was very vocal about hey you should come join our church like basically anybody who had a different affiliation Mm -hmm. she would be like why don't you leave that and come over here because we're better well that's because like nazarenes are one of those sects that literally believe and charismatics are like this too if you don't go to their church then like if you're a methodist or whatever then you are like 
you're not going to the right church. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you have to go to the Nazarene church to do the right thing. Yeah. They're like the Southern Baptists of the North. Yeah, she the was, Catholics are the Southern Baptists of the North. She was a bizarre woman, Catholics though. And Catholics her relationship was like, it wasn't a, like a weird, like, she was an older woman. Like, mm-hmm. like you would think, like, she's spending a lot of time with him. And, like, you could maybe get that aspect of, because he would spend the night at her house, too. He would go, mm-hmm. like, when they moved to Richmond, he would go and stay with them. And his mom was, like, totally okay with it because she didn't have any responsibilities of him at that point. You know? Oh, yeah, and I'm sure his dad didn't even um, notice. But... She took him to church, but then also he, um, from going to church with her, he started to like want to get more into the other churches in the town. So he Which was kind of cool. The different churches, and yeah, that kind of pissed Myrtle off. She was like, "Why are you, why are you venturing off over there? Stay with me, stay with me." <laughs> um, but even um, Myrtle was always someone in, in Jim's life that he kept in contact with, like up until Jonestown. Yes, like he would write her um, every week or every two weeks or something like that. Because she had a big impact on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got him into church. And when he went to church was when he realized how much power these pastors and preachers yeah. had. And how they could, like, hold a crowd at their attention. And that's what he really wanted was attention. Mm-hmm. He wanted attention. And he wanted people to, like, spend time with him. And yeah. he's like, oh, this is how, like, I win attention is by standing up. And having these people listen to me talk. Yeah. Most definitely stemming from the ne- neglect from his mother. Oh, yeah. For sure. sure. Oh, yeah. He, um, he even, so he had a friend when he was younger named Max Knight. And Max Knight's um, father was a pilot. And they would let him go and, like, they would um, let him go to the airport with them and, like, hang out with him. And Max even remembers one day, like, every time he would kind of interact with Jim, it was kind of like Jim was very, like, n- n- skittish, I guess. But, like, he was, he would run. And, like, the first encounter with him, he would, like, he ran. And then, like, the second time Max saw Jim was, like, in the middle of the woods, and Jim was standing on a stump, like, basically preaching to nobody. And Max caught him and was like, hey! (laughs) And Jim, like, got scared and crouched down and fell off the stump and started crying. But Max was like, no, I just wanted to let you know, like, I was hearing what you were saying. And, like, that's really cool. You should be a pastor. But at that point, Jim's, uh, Max's dad was like, hey, you're going to be a great pilot one day. And, like, Jim had these weird conflictions of, like, well, your dad wants me to be a pirate, but pilot, but a pirate, a, pirate. <laughs> a pilot, but um, I don't know about the pat. Like, he didn't like the idea at first, but then mm-hmm. it kind of stuck with him because Jim realized at a young age he could. He was very convincing and very yes. good at talking to people in a way that could keep their attention mm-hmm. on him, even if they didn't want to listen to what he had to say. Yes, and like the pilot preacher thing is just like whatever way is going to get people to pay attention to him right. like pilot is like oh people love pilots and they want to come and see them and da, 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 da. so he entertained that idea but also like preacher is the same thing like you hold these people sway and they're all focused on you and what you're saying and they hold on to right. your to every word you say so he i want to say he started preaching at a pretty young age like 14 15 yeah like with the, the animal funerals which were creepy yes, yes. but yes. even like kids in his town would be like we didn't want to stay for them like we wanted to leave but yes he would convince them no mm-hmm. just stay and the kids were like we didn't even understand yes. why we were there well it was because he figured out that when like the kids his age didn't want to do the weird creepy shit he wanted to do anymore like laying down in a casket factory yes. or doing an animal funeral or playing yes. playing mm-hmm. nazi like he figured out when the kids his age 
didn't want to do that anymore, he could go and get the younger kids. And the younger kids were just, like, so excited that exactly. somebody older than them was paying attention to them that they would stay or they would be too afraid to leave. And so it was like, oh, if the people you want the attention of aren't paying attention to you, get the people nobody else is paying attention to. And they'll, like, and they'll, and they'll stay and they'll do, like, whatever creepy stuff because they're just happy to be involved. Exactly. They're happy an older kid is involving them. And he figured that out really quickly. And I'm not going to say, I mean, obviously he did believe in, like, socialism and social justice. Oh, yeah. But I think it was somewhat deliberate for him to like when he first started out going to african-american neighborhoods mm -hmm. and like standing on a street corner and preaching mm -hmm. because nobody else had ever done that before and he's reaching out to an audience that has never been reached out to by somebody like him before well, and he, he knew that in those communities that like the biggest thing that african-americans at that time definitely were drawn to was were their churches mm -hmm. because that's kind of like their safe haven yes mm -hmm. so he took his um his ideas from the revivals that he would go to mm -hmm. and he would use that and to persuading them to come to you know join him and listen to what he had to say yes yeah he had a huge resentment for uh, the wealthy in this country as well yes coming from the squalor and the hard uh working life that his mother had had to uh, endure and they just didn't have even enough furniture to fill their house. And she was so stubborn, she didn't want to borrow any more from uh, their relatives, mm -hmm. his uh, father's side of the family. So with this resentment, he uh, found a common cause with the, uh, the lower income society, and that's why he kind of formed his socialism-type uh, ideals. Combining that with the revivalist... Um, energy within that uh that sort of realm he uh decided i guess that this was the best route to get that attention that he so desperately desired yeah. oh yeah he definitely took advantage of like the whole revival thing that was going on at that time yes because oh my god he's pretty much an mlm i feel like he half believed it yes. and then half you know was just doing it because of of his own personal desires. Literally. It's like when Emerald Lagasse's TV show got canceled. <laughs> so then he came out with his cookware and he really thought that it was like some good cookware, but you could just see in his eyes that he was like dead inside and like really embarrassed <laughs> that he had to sell cookware. I think that's a perfect metaphor. And he was literally just like, speaking. and bam, <laughs> it works. <laughs> but like on the inside, he was just dead. dead. <laughs> well, like, he had learned at an early age from his mom that the end justifies the means. So if oh, you, yeah. if people are going to believe a message about Jesus, and if you, because what he would do is he would just like mill around the crowd and listen to people. Oh, yeah. And then he would get up and be like, there's a lady here who is worried that her son is going to struggle in the new city he's living mm -hmm. in. And I just want to tell you that God said blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So, but he... He was an atheist, but he knew if he could he was lead... absorbing all of these tidbits of yes. information to take advantage. Well, exactly. Plants. He would plant people in the Yeah, later on. Yeah. Yes. And they were But even before that, yeah, yeah, he, he was would just, just eavesdropping. Yeah, yeah. And he it... was just creeping around, and then he's like, I think I said cancer. Everyone's like, <laughs> what? Well, yeah. He had, he had one woman at one of his sermons, one uh, services one day, 
And um, she was talking, she was complaining about how she had to keep paying money to the electric company, even though she had been complaining to them about needing her services. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said, well, let's write them a letter. Mm-hmm. We're on to write a letter and told, um, I can't remember, it wasn't his wife. It was, yes, it was. It was Marceline. Yeah, it was Marceline. It was Marceline. He had yeah. met Marceline he at this point. He told Marceline to get the pen and paper and was mm-hmm. like, write this down and asked everybody in the audience for suggestions. And he was like, I promise you I'm going to get hand this to the electric company tomorrow and and at the next week's sermon, uh, he asked the woman um, if the problem was fixed, and the problem was fixed. Yeah. So, that was, like, the good stuff he did. Yeah. That was the good stuff um, he did, but it was all a means to the end. It was right. all a means to, to support yeah. his own, like, version of socialism. Yeah. So he and the himself, energy that he obviously was getting off yes. on. And it was, sure. like, he didn't... He didn't believe in the sort of religious stuff he was saying, but he knew people did. And if if he could get people to believe in that, he could lead them in the sort of like socialist direction he wanted to go in. So then he could do the cool because like as much as he was like a narcissist and an asshole and concerned mostly with himself and a murderer. He was he also did a lot of good things like what you just said with. And him and uh, Marceline also started a free restaurant, which was like a soup kitchen Mm -hmm. people could go to. They did 2,800 meals per month, Mm -hmm. which is insane. And they were just reaching out to the broader community. Yes. uh, And the nursing homes, too. All the nursing homes. And they, yes, they they franchised a whole bunch of nursing homes yep. to take care of people. Cause and his wife, like, loved it. Because she, she was, like, a paint nurse. paint their nails, visit all of them, like, do all the nurse stuff, like, his mm-hmm. mom company. And they, like, single-handedly, like, integrated every restaurant in, like, their area in Indiana. Yes. They would take, like, all these, like, a whole bunch of people of color into a restaurant and he would make sure it was, like, restaurants where he was really well-known, where he would eat all the time. Mm-hmm. And he would be like, we're going to sit down, you're going to serve us. Or, like, I'm going to make sure this place goes out of business. Oh, yeah. So it was, like, really aggressive. But he single-handedly, like, integrated a ton of restaurants. Yeah. And so, like, but it's hard because, like, the stuff he did that was good was so good. But it's, like, <laughs> so, integration. So this was about the time where he decided to name their little group the People's Temple. Now, no apostrophe. It's just the people's temple because apostrophe apostrophe implies ownership, which went against his socialist mindset, which I think is kind of cool. Like, it's definitely interesting. But it's like, we see the end result. Yes. Yes. It's not that cool. And they did a lot of conventions with, like, other Pentecostal and, like, Methodist ministers. And, I mean, they they drew, like, up to 11,000 people. And they did, like, the weird healings, which, like, did y'all read about the healings? Mm -hmm. It was basically just, like, this person has cancer. Go get them to go poop the cancer out. And then the person would have, like, chicken guts. Yeah. And the fact that people were so convinced by that, like, and then he even talked about how if even for a split second he could convince somebody, he could get somebody to just walk, like, who couldn't walk. And, Mm -hmm. like, all of a sudden they could walk. Even if it was for that split second, he felt like he was still doing something and that people still believed him and yes i mean he was just and he would also tell people their private information like names and addresses and like their phone number which like yeah it seems miraculous but it's like not that hard to find out beforehand if you know who's going to be there mm-hmm. i don't know but this was a way for them to like hugely grow their membership in addition to all of the integration stuff he was doing and it was around the time of, like, when they finally came up with the name People's Temple, 
that he heard about the other man at the time who was also kind of a lot more famous than him, Father Divine. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yes. Are you talking about Father Jealous Divine? Yes. <laughs> yes. That man. Oh, God. So crazy. He, his whole story of, like, this man, his, his first wife died. Mm-hmm. And then he married a much younger woman who was, like, in her early 20s. Who was white. That, <laughs> yes. This man, Father Divine, is black. His new wife in her early 20s, white. Um, he said that his new wife, though, had the spirit of his late wife. Mm-hmm. Um, he believed that she in reincarnation. basically swapped yes. bodies. <laughs> and it's, I mean, Jim wanted to meet him. He wanted to kind of see how his people were. And he liked Father Divine. He liked what he represented. But he also was, like, secretly, like, I'm not really into what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Even though he portrayed it. And they both kind of did that with each other. It's, it was... Very, very bizarre, like, pairing those two. And then he even took the whole aspect of reincarnation as, well, if Father Divine dies, then I can maybe get his people to come join People's Temple Mm -hmm. by saying that, well, Father Divine Spirit is now within me. Yes. Oh, no, he, that was, like, his his main plan. Yes. Was, like, oh, I'll just say that his body is now into mine. Like, his spirit, just like his wife's spirit went into into this new woman. Yeah, he was, like... It works when he wanted a new hot secretary, young wife. Mm -hmm. Yes. It'll work for me, too. Yes. Yeah. That's not how that works. (laughs) That's not how reincarnation works. No, it's really not. It's really not. But Jim Jones... like, I picked this this body. But Jim Jones was, like, a big proponent of reincarnation. But was he, though? Yeah, because his his mom believed in... Well, like, going back, his mom believed in reincarnation. How yeah, well like did she... he study it, though? Hmm? I was going to say, it's question. just hard to tell oh, what he was really well. into. Probably at, like, a so super surface level. He comes up with his own interpretation He was just such a sponge. He was mm-hmm. like, oh, this sounds like money and followers. Exactly exactly. I got it. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Anything that could get him attention. He, he definitely uh, wanted to steal some of uh, Father Divine's swagger, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. The style about it and... and caring about his appearance mm-hmm. that only kind of ha- happened towards uh that r- around that time of meeting father divine mm-hmm. he started dressing better and presenting oh, himself yes. better when mm-hmm. um i think it was his friend max knight saw him on the sidewalk one day and jim was dressed in a suit with his hair slicked back he was like what are you wearing yeah <laughs> this isn't this isn't how you normally dress and jim's whole thing i think was well, if you you got to play the part to be the or like mm-hmm. yeah. God, I can't remember what it was. Is it like, <laughs> I had it. You got to oh, yeah. play the part to be on if top. If you want to reach the top, you've got to play the part. There you oh, go. Geez. Yeah. So MLM. Um, speaking of playing the part, he did. He, him, and Marceline were the first white people in Indiana to adopt a black baby. Mm-hmm. Yes, because after they adopt two Korean three baby. Well. They well, one came later. One. Yeah, one came later. Did you do you know the story of like how their uh, first their first uh, one of the first Korean uh, orphans that they adopted? How when she died, what Marceline like had like some like vision happen? Oh no! no. So like, was it like an epiphany or so, a dream? Well, like Jim always had this you know prophetic mm-hmm. you know, prophecies or whatever, and so Marceline never was able to like experience that yes so marceline had this dream while she was at home um jim and the kids were away on a trip for the people's temple and in her dream um 
she was awoken by Stephanie which, um, at the door saying, Mommy, let me in. And so Marceline goes and lets her in, wraps her in a blanket because it was raining. Mm-hmm. And um, she asks, where's your father? And Stephanie replies, Oboke needs a mommy and daddy. And so Marceline was like not understanding what that meant. She ends up waking up. Jim tells her Stephanie has died. And Marceline's like, no, no, Stephanie's home. I, I let her inside last night. And Jim has to like show her Stephanie's body. Oh. Come to find out, Stephanie and I think the, the son's name was Lou. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, L-E-W. Had another sibling named Oboki. Oh. Yeah. So Marceline tells a story her entire life of the fact that she had this vision mm-hmm. uh, from her dead daughter telling her that I'm, ba- you know, she didn't know that her daughter was dead at the time, but saying, basically, I'm not here, but my sister needs uh, a Aww. mommy and daddy. So they end up mm. adopting their sister and mm-hmm. they rename her Suzanne. So um, there's a little light in this in this disturbing huh. story that we're telling yes but then when they have their only biological child steven they spell no, no. it so it's spelled Stephane. yes <laughs> yes they spell it s-t-e-p-h-a-n because of stephanie mm-hmm. so like <clears throat> which is like cute but annoying yes so but yeah they had a whole like rainbow family they only had one biological son who was steven pronounced Stephane. spelled Stefan but a beige and brown yes but they called it the rainbow family because they adopted like a Native American girl named Agnes who was swiftly ignored for the rest of her I existence mean, seriously. even adopted I mean, didn't they like basically force her into the family yeah, they sure did. And the same well she with, was the first one they adopted well, the same with that little boy yeah. Ronnie who was like a uh, family member's son mm, yeah and they were like call us mommy and daddy and he was like i don't want to i'm gonna go back oh to yeah like, yes and jim jones considered it like a personal slight against himself. him yes yeah. and he he like never forgave him he was basically yeah. like if you if you if i do something good for you you must stay with me forever and the oh fact yeah that he wasn't he was he was like um oh, yeah, he tried to gaslight the kid garbage he tried yeah. to gaslight him yeah. he tried to be like you don't want to go live with he your parents an entire evening an entire night keeping this kid awake talking mm-hmm. to him sorry <laughs> <I'm excited. laughs> no it's fine it's understandable because he's <laughs> he's a he's a real piece of shit and but he did like he i don't know he did and it's interesting to me Hopefully he doesn't get reincarnated into some some poor baby one day Let's hope not. Oh, shit. The baby's born with sunglasses on. <laughs> but it's interesting to me that when they adopted... A very defined part on the side of his head. Yes. Um, <laughs> very defined. Um, the one, like, African-American son they adopted, they named him Jim Jr. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Ways he was trying to integrate himself in the African-American community. Right. Like, this is, yeah, sure, I have a biological son, but here is my African-American son who is named after me, the great Jim Jones. Because, you know. Uh, yeah. Very perplexing. Yeah. I mean, although, like, I don't know, the temple did do some good things. They had an employment service that placed African-Americans in jobs. Like, they had a lot of really great things they were doing and we're still in for Indiana that community. We're still in right? Indiana. Okay. This was, yeah, although, you know, this was before he read the Esquire article that made him want to move first to Brazil for some oh, reason, my God. which was a massive failure. And then to California, because those were the eight, two of the eight places where you could survive a nuclear holocaust, which he was absolutely obsessed with. 
Yes, very adamant about that. Well, and then even in Indiana, um, he became, uh, this is when he started to become very, um, what's the word I should use? He thought people were out to get him, essentially. Paranoid. Oh, paranoid. Yes, paranoid. Thank yes. you. His, like, his assassination attempts. Yeah, at his house, where he claimed that somebody shot at his house mm-hmm. while he was in the kitchen, and his wife and kids were in uh, asleep. And then when the cops show up, they're like, okay, hold up, hold up. This bullet is coming from outside of your home. Yeah. At, heading outside, not inside. You mean coming from inside? Yes, the bullet's coming inside from the inside the house. Like, and, but he, he kind of, but then he even took his own paranoia and was believing that even though See, at this point, he said it, he probably did it. Yes. Like, right. Yes. Oh, yeah. He definitely did it. It should have been at this point that the cops were searching for drugs because. Well, he wasn't I doing, believe... he wasn't doing amphetamines then. Yeah. He no. was just that paranoid. Were reported. He wasn't yeah. doing. Well, it could have been an, another drug. I mean, it's yeah, just like very... I think or... he was doing quaaludes at the time. Maybe. Didn't he also have a, an oxy thing? I don't know, but he definitely did quaaludes an because opium. his son tried how to... Did... His son tried to OD twice on quaaludes that he stole from his what, dad. What year was that? Do you know? It was the first time Stephen did it. He was 11. So, <clears throat> I don't know. He was actually... Like there's the 50s or 60s? I think the 50s. Maybe the 60s, but like the early 60s. Um, if you're interested, you can go to, I think it's jonestown.sdsu.edu, and it's a really great insight into Jonestown that you don't necessarily hear if you just look at the articles written about it, because right. it's from survivors of Jonestown, and Stephen Jones has written a lot of articles about mm-hmm. his dad and his relationship with his mother and kind of growing up in that. It's very interesting. I highly recommend it. We will 100% link it in the bio so please feel free to click through and read it's very heartbreaking yeah um but like the assassination attempt the result from that was when he went to his congregation he was like oh i was shot at and the police didn't help me just like they don't help you yeah so it's like not only was i attacked and we have enemies now but we also, I also have an enemy in the police, just like you that. do. Yeah, yeah. I very much saw that as an opportunity to use uh, fuel for the for the fire of, of uh, creating an other within mm-hmm. ideology within his uh, his church. Yes. To keep them, uh, you know, holding on to him as a security blanket and not trusting. This is, I think, would be the beginning of them. Uh, the people's temple not trusting outside information and mm-hmm. solely uh, using the words of Jim Jones um, for for all of their information. Oh yeah, well, because then he and started... belief system. I mean, they started, already um... believed him in the spiritual world, but now he's bringing in his uh, current events, opinions on on everything that's going on in the in those times. Which the Soviet Union was what he was using against them too, saying how they were we were all going to be attacked. Yes, like which the is nuclear attacks on 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 them was going to happen in Indiana or in Chicago, mm-hmm. and it was going to hit yes. Indiana. So let's, like you said, mm-hmm. there were other places that he was looking at. Yes. Oh yeah, he did use the Cuban Missile Crisis mm-hmm. to his advantage as well. And it's it like, was at 
And he used the um, the JFK assassination as a way to cover up his massive failure in trying to set up a settlement in Brazil. Because mm-hmm. he, he, they were there for like two years and accomplished nothing. Right. But when the JFK assassination happened, he was like, oh, well, I have to go back to my congregation to cement my place and protect them from blah, 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 blah. While they were in Brazil, he convinced Marceline to um, let him have sex with a woman who was willing to pay $5,000. So he says, I don't believe that for a second. She's a like, Brazil. I feel like he was just using that to stroke his own ego. Yes, because, like, he was able, I mean, he had a lot of affairs, though. I was desired. And I got paid. And I was being selfless. And who knows? I mean, yes, it could be what, you know, it could be BS, but once again, let's look at the fact that he's very good at persuading people to listen to what he has to say. Yeah, yes. and if he's like I connecting mean, with me, it's connecting with God. Women are gonna be like, there could be that was the biggest thing. He needed possible money. truths to the story, but I'm sure he added some some information to fluff it up to make himself look. Oh yeah, because much like, more desirable and selfless and. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did it heroic. because she wanted to give money to our children's program, and then he would tell people like details about it yeah. and like play up how he gave her such a Loading. good night Very Trump-esque. Yeah. Mm, yes literally a lot of parallels yes very gloating with with details and like oh well i'm just going to off the cuff make this remark but truly i definitely uh thought this through much mm-hmm. more than than i'm making it seem like before i say it yes now, so what weird. what year did uh, he make the move to Brazil in that first attempt at a settlement? Uh, it was like the early '60s because I think what Kennedy was assassinated well, the move, the in '63. California was '66. Yes, and that was when he came back, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Well, I guess we'll go to California." Right, you so it had to be like '63ish, yeah. probably. And he was having a lot of trouble convincing these people in Indiana to really like embrace mm-hmm. communism because it's. I mean, trying to get Midwestern people to embrace this sort of like very far left ideology was right. difficult. So uh, I think, especially in the town of Lynn, from the descriptions. Yeah. Of yes. So I think conformity he, was like survival. He, there. Yes, and he also was was hoping he would have better chance in California, but yeah. How long did he stay in Brazil? Oh, like two years. Two not long. Years. Yeah, not long at all. Well, because they couldn't get the means or the funds or anything. Mm-hmm. And also, the people in Brazil weren't as willing to join him as he thought that they would be. Right. No, they're and down there being sexy. And... Right. Kind of... Having butts. Having butts, yeah. And Weren't he's they, like, uh... hey, you want to come with me? They're like, who are you? Yeah. They were like, Look no, thank you. you. <laughs> and they were like, no. They are like, where's your Speedo? <laughs> A lot of oh, Michelle would have Michelle would have been yeah, great a there. A lot of what I was reading about him was like very like mm, Andreas. Mm. <laughs> Michelle. Um, so this was and also like his preaching, like in the late sixties, he was very like open about the fact that he embraced socialism. Like he definitely he was open about it, and he called it a, a apostolic socialism. Yeah. Yeah, and it was loosely mixed with, like, Christianity and socialism. And he was also, like, big into the idea that the Holy Spirit was in all of them. But his healing power 
with chicken guts demonstrated that he was a special manifestation of Christ, the, the weird, revolution. That was the weird part about so it, weird. Though, how they were a church or wanting to be one. A very socialist church. But there was nothing churchy about it. No. Other he, than the Holy Spirit aspects. Yes. And he openly preached that capitalism was the Antichrist system. So that was, like, the religious part of it. Yeah, he was taking money left and right. Oh, yeah, he would tell people, like, give me all of your money. Give me your social security And that's the sad part that we see time and time again, is that the idea of of socialist societies is so... uh, It sounds great. It's great, but it's never practiced Mm -hmm. ever by anyone that is in the leadership position that is ever able to be... Uh, as selfless as it requires oh yeah absolutely which is unfortunate because like you have people who are who are textbook narcissists like jim jones who are trying to put this in action when he really shouldn't be really shouldn't be i don't even think he knew what his end goal was honestly until jonestown oh he was a person of no principles I, i don't think he had any idea what he was really doing yeah until like until Jonestown, and then that's when I think, because of the drugs and everything else, mm-hmm. he he just started to basically lose it. Oh, yeah, yeah I definitely I mean, think so. He was already losing it in the beginning, but losing it way more. I think, and he couldn't, like, it's the, the Brazil thing, like, he couldn't admit defeat. Like, in Brazil, he was like, I'm not going to tell people I'm not doing well. I'm going to say, oh, they need me. I'll come back. So in Jonestown, he couldn't admit defeat. He couldn't admit that he couldn't feed his people and support them. So it was like, we're all just going to kill ourselves instead. Hmm. <laughs> but before that, they did, I mean, they did do some pretty good things. Although not in Redwood Valley, because I think he quickly figured out once they moved to California that, like, Oh, it's mostly white people here. I can't be my magical like person who gets credit for all this integration if it's all white and people. And that's, that's in Ukiah, right? Yes. Yeah. In the Ukiah Valley. So that's when they moved to San Francisco and, and Los that's Angeles. That's when he was able to get the majority of his African American. Mm-hmm. Yes, and a lot of uh, elderly African Americans, which goes into like the social security check. And yep. he he would like have people like write down how much they made and he'd be like okay well give me this much yeah oh he would go into the old people's houses and like assume their properties if they were like in the nursing homes mm-hmm. they're like oh well your assets are mine yes i mean he like, was able to convince people to write over even their um their children to him so yeah I mean, yeah basically do anything uh, he them to do which anything. is so crazy when you look at him mm-hmm. i'm like ooh. Yes. yes. If I saw you in a Cracker Barrel, I would go away. What? I said he kind of looks like Renee. That's hateful. <laughs> I've never been so offended. Now- <clears throat> I? <laughs> I've never been so offended for you. And it's. I would say you could you could be him for Halloween. Or like in but drag. But it would take some work. Oh, yeah. Some it, would, work. it would take some work. We both have round faces. Jim Jones and drag. We got round faces. Catherine you have emo hair cuts. You literally. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. You Touché. literally kind of are. Oh, I didn't say you look like her. She was scary, but I'm definitely yeah. saying you have Catherine Knight-like tendencies. Mm-hmm. I think that might be worse than appearance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is creepy and that... probably for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's she's definitely going to skin you. I like my skin. Please leave it well, in But she does, too. I will. I'll leave it in text so they can put it back together before your funeral. No, mm-hmm. she'll leave it in text so that we can wear it. 
So it's it, since we're since we're talking about Jim Jones' appearance, it's weird to me that he was basically able to go to his wife and be like, "Well, you are critically injured, and I don't get the release I need to serve God, so I'm gonna go to this other woman who's much younger, mm-hmm. and she'll give did, me release." Did we tell them uh, what happened to her, Carolyn? Yeah. Or uh, or Marceline. Marceline. Yeah, Marceline. Um. Yeah, Oh wait, no, we we haven't talked about her debilitating away, back injury. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> no, Never mind. Take it away, Catherine. Uh uh-uh, uh, I skipped through that. I told you I had to <laughs> big ass book. <laughs> Anyways, she had a debilitating back injury that made it impossible for her to have sex. Well, they were also in like their fifties at this point. Um, so he basically talked to this like preacher's daughter named Carolyn something something into basically being his mistress and she was like sure well yeah and like the difference between the two of them is like marceline was definitely her own person and like had her own personality and everything and carolyn was a lot more moldable a lot more malleable and was it because of her age or just her personality you think i think a combination of the two because like during the mass murder, you can hear Marceline like screaming in the back and trying to protect the children and yeah. prevent it from happening. And Carolyn was like stirring the vat, yeah. like stirring it together to mix it to give Carolyn the people. Carolyn was definitely more of a, I think she was deeply, deeply, deeply in, like not even infatuated with Jim, but more so in love with him, especially yes. at that point. Very creepy. And Marceline. I mean, the way Marceline and Jim even came to be was very, like, I mean, yeah, he well, persuaded her. She had made this plan to leave Indiana mm-hmm. with her cousin, and they had oh, yes. everything planned out. Literally, the day before they were supposed to leave, she mm-hmm. came to her cousin and was like, I'm staying, because she met Jim Jones. Mm-hmm. This, and she had talked for her, like, her... uh teenage years of wanting to leave indiana and Lynn mm-hmm. be- or richmond because she was tired of it and yeah. then she meets totally Jim, fair and i think also though marceline like you said was basically her own person mm-hmm. too yeah she she could see through jim's bullshit most of the time and i think like and she lis- was in on a lot of stuff listening to or like read not listening but reading some of the stuff that his son steven wrote like it definitely seems like even when they were in california she was already, like, starting to get tired of his bullshit. Yeah. And she would go to the meetings, but just to, like, be there. Yeah. And she would just kind of zone out the entire time because she was already just kind of done. So I think that I think she was totally okay with it when Jim was like, I'm going to Jonestown and you're staying here. Bye. No, she went with him. Not at first. She oh, that's to, right. That's she, right. Jim was like, you're staying. She didn't go to Jonestown at first. She was like, oh, I'm heartbroken. What right? am I going to do oh, with no. all this freedom? <laughs> <laughs> it. And it, it sucks because even in California, they did, like, a lot of really good things, especially, like, I don't know. I feel like this society really was comprised of people who believed in social justice and believed in doing good things. And it sucks that it was kind of ruined because yeah. they, like, um, they joined coalition groups that were against the back case or backy case. I don't know. 
It ruled that race-based admission quotas were unconstitutional, and they also demonstrated in support of the William Ten William Ten Ten, which were ten African Americans, ten African Americans who were wrongfully convicted of arson in North Carolina. So, like, even in this time when he is already starting to portray himself as like a weird Christ-like figure and almost like distorting the message, they're still doing good things and they're still like contributing to progress at the time right and he was energizing this movement but the downfall of all these beautiful amazing people is that instead of actually living the socialist mentality of a community mindset Mm -hmm. they're letting this fanatical one single person control the uh the ultimate uh, decisions of, of what was going to happen in the future for the group. Mm-hmm. Well, like he did want to provide Which this is sense not of a community. socialist no. method of leadership. His whole no. thing of the socialist aspect so it's was just so very oxymoronic. Everybody gives and everybody gets. Like, yes. You and give stuff, you're yeah. going to get stuff. That's the socialist aspect. But then the communist aspect of it was because that's, that's pretty much what I, I it's exactly socialism and commun- communism mixed together. Which was he just had control over everything. He did. Like, he did want this sense of community and, like, like you said, like, people would put in, but you also got a ton from being a member. Like, there were employment services and you got free housing and they did, like, the soup kitchen and there were all these benefits from being a member. But he was the clear leader. And he was lying. Well, and it's all like, the time. So at what cost, much more than his fair share. Now to prove only his that family he, did, and that's how you can see. Uh, besides nine hundred people dying, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you can see that he was just full of shit. Yeah, from like because the very beginning. instead oh, yeah. of receiving the same benefits and keeping it uh, all across the board, even as uh, everyone else in in the uh, congregation or the the temple, mm-hmm. he's receiving all of these very luxurious um, an- uh, benefits. And then he's also um, taking um, and doing many uh, other lewd sexual things mm-hmm. as well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's almost like he didn't, <clears throat> when he first started out, it was very um, equal. But yeah. that was, or then he. I think he got a little too greedy. Yeah, as soon as he saw what could come yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Yes, and, and he was like, "Wait a second. Bad, yeah, he saw the house that Reverend Jealous Divine had, and yeah. he was like, "Oh." He was like, "He has a chaise." Oh, wait a second. Okay. Yes, chaise. he has a chaise lounge. Um, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, wait. So I can do this whole ministry thing, and I can also benefit and from be it. Be a rock star. Yeah. Yes." He's like, I can have a glutton couch, too. Yes. I can have sex on my glutton couch on top of my... And he probably did. While drinking Kool-Aid. Flavorade. Flavorade. I'm sorry. Flavorade. Okay, so I think that is going to be it for part one of Jonestown. (laughs) Also, um, you can leave us a rating or a review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts now. Finally, you yes. can finally find us on Apple Podcasts. Search Conspiracy Podcast. Give us some stars. I Give sent, us a review, even if it's shitty. I sent Tim Cook enough pictures of my feet. Uh, and he was like, <laughs> he was that like, okay, okay. I'll put Let you me on see Apple them toes. Podcast. Paint your toes white. He was like, oh, <laughs> podcast. can you send me more? 
And, <laughs> yeah. You're like, Tim, give us reviews. You're he was like, stick now, you have to. Tim, he was like, the stick your toes in an apple pie and I'll think about it. I did. <laughs> an apple pie with an Apple iPhone on top, on top yes. of a MacBook. I, That's, <laughs> I mean, and leave us a five-star review. We don't even care what you put, or leave us a five-star rating. We don't even care what you put in the review. Leave Tell us me five, what you had for lunch. Yeah, leave us five stars and be like, I think y'all all sound dumb. And you know what? Show us That's your sandwich. That's great. That's great. Ooh, show, show me a, the sandwich. Thanks show me the sandwich. We'll be back yes. next time. And we'll see you guys next time. That's some spooky shit. Yes. Yes. I'm so oh, yeah, that's right. So the way this is, so we're still going to be doing our regular rotation. So tune in next time for something spooky, and then I'm when so we cycle, excited. when we cycle back around, you'll hear the finale of Jonestown. So, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. bye. You don't want to say bye with us. Bye. Like anybody, I would like to live. I just want to do God's will. That's the best. But I want you to know that.